Dateline, 24th of March, 2013. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 241 on a blustery and windy afternoon here in Melbourne. Grant, uh, how's it over on your side of the city? Um, Sunshiny, but blustery and windy. Blustery and windy, indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, there's been a lot of blustering going on in Canberra this week, our nation's capital. You know, Grant, uh, a month or so back, our Prime Minister decided she'd call the election for mid-September, which is uh, a very long non-election campaign, and she promised there'd be no campaigning. No campaigning, Grant? Would you say there's been no campaigning ever since? Um, oh, I'd say there's been absolutely no campaigning at all. They've all just been too busy trying to figure out where to stick the knife. Well, somebody may have forgotten to mention that to the Regional Aviation Association of Australia because uh, they've already stepped into the political fight and uh, they're calling on uh, any politicians to, hey, recognise us and uh, stop showing us any antipathy, as it's termed here in this uh, article in australianaviation.com.au. Well, look, you know, honestly, I think if anyone deserves to step forward and say, hey, pol- politician type people, smack, smack, get your collective together, I think it's the RAAA because the RAAA uh, in fact, aviation in general in this country is a bit of an also ran. It's lumped in with transport, which in turn is lumped under Anthony Albanese, the minister for everything. So quite clearly, aviation is not really given the respect that it requires in this country, given that to get from anywhere to anywhere else here, especially from in the country rural areas, you, you definitely need aviation. Uh, they, they load up trucks, they load up trains. Yeah, that's all very well and good. But a six hour drive becomes a half hour flight in many parts of Australia. So food for thought, they should really be um, paying attention to these guys. And we desperately need a Department of Aviation or at least a single minister in charge of transport who can devote the time required to infrastructure like aviation. Absolutely, granted. Uh, once a year, the uh, RAAA gets together for a parliamentary summit in Canberra, and they've done that just this week. And uh, they've decided quite rightly to uh, step into the fight here and uh, do, you know, try and get some recognition. Their chairman, Jeff Boyd, has uh, released a wide and sweeping statement, which basically starts by saying in recent years, there have been a dramatic decline in regional airline services and of particular concern is the fact that significant cost increases are due to Australian government policy and regulation. Now, he could level that at either side of the political fence because, uh, as you say, Grant, really neither side really looks at anything else but airlines and the military uh, and certainly pays nothing much more than lip service, it seems, to uh, regional aviation and certainly general aviation. That much is certain, mate. And I think the only way to get a politician's attention is to whack them in the face with a 4 by 2 which uh, has quite clearly written on it the number of votes your group carries. And I don't know if the these guys are going to carry enough votes to get the attention of our politicians at the moment, but I can't uh, fault them for trying. There's a whole lot of policies. They're saying, of course, the carbon tax, which should be abolished for regional air services, as it is for many trucking companies, for long distance truckers. They wanted the en route rebate scheme reestablished. That was taken out as a way of saving money for Canberra. But that's had a dramatic uh, impact on the number of people flying in the country because prices have had to go up uh, without the government helping to subsidize lower prices. People aren't moving out into the country. And yet the government kind of wants people to move out into the country. They want more people in the rural areas. And a number of people think that they do want to live the rural life, but they don't want to if it's going to take forever to drive there or cost an arm and a leg to fly. So it's a catch-22 and people need to really lock down what they want out of this and and take it from there. Now, you talked there about the uh, Federal Transport Minister, Anthony Albanese, and uh, perhaps his antipathy towards this. Uh, He didn't even bother attending that summit, but he did send along his parliamentary secretary, Catherine King. And the comment that that, uh, she delivered from him was that there's basically no problem, he says, uh, over the five-year period until 2000. 
2010, passenger movements at regional airports rose from almost 17 million to 22.5 million. In the last two years alone, that number has jumped by a further 2 million passengers. So uh, he's saying there's uh, nothing really wrong with it. But uh, I think uh, probably if I had to guess, a lot of that would be to do with the mining boom. And uh, that's uh, only going to be a temporary thing. Uh, It's okay at the moment for uh, regional operators operating in certain parts of the country, taking a lot of fly-in, fly-out workers. But uh, once the uh, mining boom ends, and at some point it will, then everything's going to return to a more uh, stable environment. And uh, that's going to mean a reduction in those numbers. Now, I guess uh, the way the polls are going at the moment, Albanese may not have to worry about that because I think he'll be the transport minister after the next election, the way it's going for those guys. But uh, notwithstanding that, we, we certainly need to make sure that whoever is the transport minister, you know, doesn't just look at, uh, you know, simplified figures like that. There's a lot more things uh, going on here. And uh, the RAAA is very right to uh, point this out and uh, start weighing into the electoral fight. They might as well get in early, mate, because uh, a lot of people are going to be doing that over the long march until the September election. God, it's going to be the longest year in history, I think. <laughs> That's right, mate. Lots of people are going to be uh, clamoring for attention and it's only going to get worse as we get closer. I've got to say, this guy has very little credibility when it comes to aviation infrastructure for me, mate. Yes, well, of course, uh, politics, you've got to love it, Grant. Well, let's move away from uh, Australia's shores just briefly and uh, let's go over to the Pacific and look at our favourite carrier over there, which we can no longer call a flying fruit tingle, Fiji Airways, which uh, formerly, or is still, but not for much longer, known as Air Pacific. Grant, uh, a uh, nice, shiny new A330 Airbus has gone into service there and it looks good. That's right, mate. They've picked it up and they're going to start uh, getting everyone up to speed and uh, carrying some passengers on it. A brand new A330 in a very beautiful looking uh, native Fijian style artwork. So as you said, no more flying fruit tingle. Still Air Pacific until June, but they are rolling out and officially becoming Fiji Airways during June. So very much looking forward to checking them out. Wouldn't be a bad idea to go to Fiji. I haven't been there since I was a wee tacker and went from New Zealand. So I hear that they're offering some pretty discounted fares to uh, get people to come and try out these new aircraft. They are indeed. In fact, I can tell you firsthand because uh, my wife was looking there the other day at uh, some fares on their website. Uh, Melbourne returned for $350 economy. That is uh, very cheap. You couldn't fly to uh, Brisbane return for that much most days. Oh, mate, that's not bad at all. Uh, That makes it almost, I guess worth going in business class perhaps no absolutely yeah about $800 for that one and that's uh, that's pretty cheap as well so they're certainly getting out there and doing some marketing the uh, chief executive David Flieger said the national carrier's success would help create more jobs and bring additional visitors as well as boosting exports for the Fijian economy and of course any of you who've been to Fiji would know that uh, tourism is their number one thing Uh, I think tourism works for Fiji was the motto I remember when I was over there last and uh, it certainly is true it's a beautiful place to go and I'd highly recommend it uh, if uh, you know our listeners are looking looking at a holiday, regardless of which airline you fly, it's a very nice place to go. Now, of course, there's two more of these aircraft uh, due for delivery in the middle of the year, and uh, these will replace some uh, 24-year-old Boeing 747-400s. So uh, that'll obviously uh, flow through to efficiency as well. I would imagine the Airbus is just slightly more efficient than a lumbering old uh, 747. Yeah, they had their time. They were wonderful, but uh, the new technology burns a lot less fuel per seat. So uh, looking forward to seeing what that does with Fiji Airways. Now, Grant, let's look at another uh, overseas carrier that uh, might be, at least in your opinion, wanting to to uh, operate down here to Australia, Lion Air. What do you know about Lion Air, mate? 
Well, mate, the Lion Air based out of Indonesia, there's been a a few rumbles in the past about the potential for them to do, as Air Asia has done, flying into Australia, bringing their aircraft down from the Southeast Asian area. Well, uh, now with this massive order of 234 aircraft from the A320 family, including 60 A320s, 109 A320neos and 65 A321neos, all supposed to be starting from next year and on into 2016, that's uh, a pretty big uh, fleet workup, especially as it's not been much more than a year since they ordered 230 Boeing 737s. So that's huge expansion, mate. And a lot of us are starting to wonder, are they actually going to enter the Australian market? Will they be doing it like AirAsia X and coming in from overseas on the international front? Or will they do like Tiger and set up a whole domestic low-cost carrier? I don't know that Tiger Airways, we've had enough cats here operating in the sky. Well, I don't know, a bit of a cat fight at the bottom end of the market could be kind of cool. Mm, I don't know, Grant. If you said they're Neos, I'd say they're Leos if they're Lion. <laughs> see how I did that, And I guess they man. wouldn't want to take on Qantas' main line. <laughs> oh, oh, I've got a million you. of them, mate. I've got a million of them. Oh, mate, you got your claws into that one, I tell oh, you. Oh, dear me. And just as we finish up this week, as I uh, you know polish off my new career as a stand-up comedian, let's have a look at uh, something that caused a few delays here this week. Uh, not the uh, freeway uh, coming into Melbourne Airport, but the Air Traffic Control Centre itself. Well, there were some reports that caught fire. Well, I don't think it was that dramatic, but it was enough to shut things down temporarily. A small fire in a computer room at the Melbourne Control Centre forced a partial evacuation of air traffic control staff, and I'm assured by ATC Ben he had nothing to do with it. Yes, he says that, Grant, but if you notice he posts on Facebook today that he's off work, quote-unquote, sick. Says he's sick, Grant. I don't know. Maybe he's in hiding. Oh, he could be. He could be. But uh, no, apparently he was out there with some coffee and a donut or something waiting for it to be allowed back in. There's never a good time of day for this sort of stuff to happen, but uh, certainly uh, before 7am on, uh, on a weekday morning, that would have caused all sorts of congestion in the skies over uh, southeastern Australia, I would bet. Oh, definitely, mate. There would have been a few aircraft being held on the ground in various other ports and uh, a little bit of a backlog to work through. But hey, our guys are pretty good. They know what they're doing. So uh, on with the show, mate. It was only a blip. Absolutely. Well, you know, they're about to commission a brand spanking new uh, control tower there at Melbourne Airport. Maybe they're trying to burn the old one down to uh, expedite that. Oh, yeah, that could work. Yeah, well, you know, if that happens, I never suggested it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, let's not say any more. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. Ding! You've got hate mail. And I'm Grant McCarran.